0: In the meantime, just head over to patreon.com slash the writer files. It's free to join Patreon to get a preview and you can upgrade anytime. That's patreon.com slash the writer files. Help us start something special.
1: It's a very different, uh, other than kind of having Irish American background, it's a very different family from the Brennans, different history, kind of different, dynamics going on and for me this really the I guess the original thought was just uh, wanting to explore the idea of someone um, coming returning home to the family after spending time in prison I just kind of landed on that and then I spent a lot of time with characters that's uh, Initially, I just think so long, kind of ruminate on characters for a long time before I actually start writing. In this case, I, I think I was thinking about those characters for probably about a year before I actually started writing the story.
0: And welcome back to The Writer Files. I am your grateful host, Kelton Reed, wishing you pages, patience, and perseverance per usual. New York Times bestselling author Tracy Lang spoke to me about finding literary success later in her life. Her past life, working with inner-city gang kids, and exploring messy family dynamics in her latest, The Connellys of County Down. Tracy is the author of debut novel, We Are the Brennans, an instant New York Times bestseller and Goodreads Choice finalist praised by the New York Times, Good Morning America, People, and more. Her latest novel, The Connellys of County Down, is described as a story about fierce family loyalty, good intentions gone awry, and the consequences of improbable love. Kirk has called it a compassionate look at family dynamics and a reminder that it's never too late to heal. Country Living named it a 28 best fall books for 2023, and wrote, this is a novel about resilience and what it means to be a family, especially when times are really hard. Tracy has a degree in psychology, has worked in mental health, and owned and operated a behavioral healthcare company with her husband for 15 years. In this file, Tracy and I discussed how writing about mental health helped fuel her fiction, why you're never too old to publish. What sets her sophomore novel apart from her debut? Writing characters who cross good intentions with bad decision-making, but you need to find your writers' group if you haven't already, and a lot more. Stay calm and write on. And don't forget, you can always support this show by heading to writerfiles.fm, where you can also sign up for email updates and other resources for writers. And if you're a fan of the writer files, please click follow. To automatically see new interviews in your podcatcher as soon as they're published and drop us a rating or a review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you tune in to help other writers find us. And we are back on the Writer Files. I am very honored today to be joined by a special guest. I have New York Times bestselling author Tracy Lang is hopping on the show to wrap with us today. Thanks so much for taking the time to do this.
1: Yeah. Thank you so much for having me. This is a treat.
0: 100%. And I can't wait to talk to you about the latest, um, which will be out as of uh, the publication of this show. Actually, um, I know for you, it comes out tomorrow. Are you pretty excited? What's the vibe over there?
1: Definitely. It's, there's excitement, nervousness. It's a little bit of a mixed bag, but very excited to kind of get it out into the world.
0: Yeah, yeah, that must feel good. But I want to turn back the clock as we do with so many authors talk about your superhero origins, because you've had <laughs> this really, really interesting career. And it's, it, it's kind of interesting to me that, you know, that you have kind of been all over uh, the United States, it would seem, but you grew up in, in uh, Manhattan, right?
1: I did. I did. I was born in the Bronx, but we moved to Manhattan when I was pretty young. My parents had an opportunity to become superintendents of a building on the upper east side so we could afford to to live there because we didn't pay rent
0: (laughs) yeah that's pretty cool yeah yeah Yeah, interesting story but i mean i get i I understand that you're you're kind of from a big extended family there in new york and that kind of Mm -hmm. informs your work some obviously
1: for sure i i would say that was kind of maybe the origin of my um, interest in family dynamics, and I, it's, it's kind of a large, sprawling family in New York and in Ireland. Interesting. Yeah, and uh, but also I I spent twenty years working in the mental health field before I started writing novels. So I worked with families from all over the country and all walks of life, and um, so that certainly fuels my stories as well.
0: Yeah, yeah. So talk a little bit about that because you kind of came to writing. Um, obviously a little bit later in your career and in your life. So you've had this really fantastic or or fascinating path to bestseller. And yeah, talk, talk a little bit about having worked mental health services and then you operated a behavioral health healthcare company. Is that right?
1: Yeah. Yeah. So to go back, I I always loved to write, Uh, even as a kid reading and writing uh, was, you know, that was, I spent a lot of time doing both things, but To me, writing a book seems just impossible, like something that I, I love to read them so much. It was something I didn't really never thought that I would be able to do. Um, So I went into psychology. That's what my degree is in. And I did spend a long time working in that field. And again, people from all over, I worked with, I started in a program for um, inner city gang kids that had um, committed crimes and were facing Possible time in in juvie to wilderness camps, kind of emotional growth wilderness camps. I worked, spent some time there. And then um, for the last uh, 15 years or so of my work in that field, my husband and I did start a mental health or behavioral health care company that offered a variety of services to families that had, you know, all sorts of issues and diagnoses and things they were dealing with. So, I, I I did a lot of writing in that time. It wasn't um, creative or or fiction. It was uh, more like psychosocial assessments for clients, or even things policy and procedure. So it was a different kind of writing. But I know all of that certainly helped my writing skills in general. And um, about eight or nine years ago, we had an opportunity to sell that business. It was getting uh, kind of large, a little more than we could handle um and when we did that i i had time uh and i thought okay this is if i'm going to try to do this this is the time <laughs> so i've been writing novels for about i started that about 8 years ago maybe a little bit more now
0: amazing amazing yeah that's a super inspiring story um because you know i mean we're not all spring chickens in the publishing industry <laughs> and um you know i mean i think a lot of writers kind of have that question in the back of their heads when you know, they haven't published something before age 40 or beyond. And some really amazing, you know, like amazing writers, uh, famous authors were, you know, um, sure. older, older when they first published too, right?
1: Yeah. Yeah. And I think, you know, one thing that's really true is that um, you, I know that I have maybe more, I had processed more and been through more. And I kind of had a lot of material to dig into that was maybe an advantage to waiting a while, so I yeah, I would never. I would encourage anyone not to let them that thought get in their way. It's certainly never too late. I mean, I, I think of Delia Owens and her runaway phenomenal book, and I believe she was seventy when she published that uh, her first novel. So all sorts of examples out there. Yeah, people. yeah,
0: for sure, for sure. I mean, I'm. I think there's a, a very long list of authors there. Oh yeah. You know, it wasn't their first career choice or even second sometimes, right. you know, um, Absolutely. kind of falling into bestseller status or literary darling, like in quotes as, uh, you know, a much more mature author. And and of course, sure. as you mentioned, like your lifetime of experiences informs the work and, um, yeah, congrats on, of course, um, the reception of we are the Brennans, which, was um just a breakout hit for you as a as a debut author um an instant new york times bestseller and got all kinds of um, fantastic praise and coverage earlier in the show i mentioned an invaluable resource for writers truth is the arrow mercy is the bow a diy manual for the construction of stories based on three decades of writing failing and trying again Just head over to Patreon.com slash The for bonus writing resources, monthly episode breakdowns, Writer's Happy Hour, a community of your peers, ad-free episodes, and more. It's free to join to get a preview, and you can upgrade anytime. That's Patreon.com slash The Help us start something cool and special. Keep calm and write on. So now let's talk about the Connellys of, of County Down and kind of making the transition to your sophomore uh, effort and and yeah, talk a little bit about the inspiration behind it because it, it centers around just some kind of messy hmm. family dynamics and of course, who doesn't know about these things? But yeah, obviously you can you can speak to this.
1: It's a very different, uh, other than kind of having Irish American background. It's a very different family from the Brennans, different history, kind of different dynamics going on. And for me, this really, the I guess the original thought was just uh, wanting to explore the idea of someone um, coming, returning home to the family after spending time in prison. I just kind of landed on that. And then I spent a lot of time with characters. That's... Initially, I just think so long, kind of ruminate on characters for a long time before I actually start writing. In this case, i I think I was thinking about those characters for probably about a year before I actually started writing the story. And uh, that works well for me because um, once I know them well enough, they, so, you know, they helped me tell the story. They, you know, they kind of unfold it to me to some degree in that first draft. But that's where, that's where it really started. And um, I love to explore family dynamics and relationships. And uh, my favorite thing is to write about characters that are a, a mix of really good intentions most of the time, but then some really bad decision making. <laughs> and I think that's pretty human. And we've all been there at different times in our lives. And so that I find all of that so compelling. And that's what I like to um, dive into. And and um, that's that's what I do in my stories. And that's certainly the com- Connellys of County Down. That's It's a look at this woman who um, returns home from um, after spending a year and a half in prison on a drug charge and she comes home to live with her family and that inevitably sort of sets some things in motion just her homecoming and um the obstacles she's facing and the effect she has uh on her siblings once she moves back home and vice versa and, um so it gets into all those kind of messy dynamics
0: for sure and reception's been great congrats i think uh Kirkus is- called it a compassionate look at family dynamics and a reminder that it's never too late to heal. And it is a, it's described as a story about fierce family loyalty, good intentions kind of awry, mm-hmm. and the consequences of improbable love. And your work has been described as certainly very naturalistic um, or you know very real, Um, you know, you, you, it it seems like you bring this lifetime experience of kind of empathy with like this, the darker kind of pieces of, of humanity in a sense, but certainly transitioning back into society after spending time in prison is a, you know, it's not something everybody really wants to discuss or talk about, especially if it's happening in your own family, right?
1: Right. No, I appreciate all of that. Yeah. Thank you. I, I hopefully, I try to, I do hit on some fairly dark topics and, and um emotional roller coaster at times. But um I think at least based on people I talked to and the people that have reached out um about both books at different times and and told me how they connected with it, you know, it's the the love these people feel for each other, the compassion they have for each other despite all their flaws. Um I think it was Marilyn Robinson who said that we uh, care about a character to the extent that character cares about other characters. <laughs> and, um, I think that's really true. And I, it, people seem to respond to that, uh, people that are struggling, uh, cause we all do, um, we make bad decisions, we have regrets. Um, and sometimes we even feel the need to try to hide our flaws, even from the people closest to us. Um, but at the heart, there is a lot of, um, love and and humor and warmth at times so just like real life i think so hopefully i i that's what people are responding to on some level
0: yeah yeah 100 um well i want to talk a little bit about the research process that went into the latest you obviously had to had to research some Mm -hmm. um about the prison system and and that kind of you know what happens when when inmates are transitioning out of that but also, you talk a little bit about, I don't know, some of your experiences that also informed the book because some of it seems, again, very empathetic and you have come from uh, some of your own family history and, and you've mentioned that your family had some interesting dynamics themselves, but secrets and loyalties and so on and so forth that siblings often have must have informed the work.
1: Yeah, as far as research goes, I definitely... But part of it was experience, uh, my own experience working with people that did uh, come out of um, the correction system and the challenges they were facing. And then I would also do some research as well because things change over time. You, you know, always want to feel like you're um, even in fiction. You want to feel like you're uh, presenting the most accurate picture. So I did do some research about the obstacles people face, but then. We also did work with families facing um, those obstacles as well. And some of the other issues that come up, there's, you know, I don't want to give anything away, but there's a character that sort of struggles with hoarding behavior. And uh, I certainly had some experience with that. But again, just kind of doing some research into that. um, Each character has their struggles in this book, for sure. Mm-hmm. And, uh, certainly my own experience in, um, the mental health field and working with various families informed a lot of that. And I, I think where my own family history comes in is, uh, first of all, County Down is, is personal to me. It's where my dad was from in Ireland and I have loads of families still there. So that was kind of special to be able to bring that into the story. But, um, You know, just coming from such. He was one of fifteen, and they all had kids. I've got somewhere in the vicinity of sixty first cousins, and I have actually met just about all of them. And some of them I'm in closer touch with than others. But uh, and then of course my mom's family was here in the states, all throughout New York and on the East Coast, and that was they were that was a big family as well. So um, I've just been around so many of these various dynamics, and even at a young age, I was kind of an observer and um, watching how it all worked. And, uh, I just feel like every family has their own unique story and, um, kind of how they operate. And, uh, I love digging into all that. And, um, it's definitely what I like to write about.
0: That's funny. I I thought about that Tolstoy quote just now, happy families are all alike. Every unhappy family is unhappy in its own way. Um, (laughs)
1: <laughs> definitely,
0: definitely. <laughs> thinking of yeah. your work. But um, yeah, um, I can't wait to talk a little bit more about the process. And, you know, I do understand um, that you had a unique experience with an online novel writing program. I believe that that was the Stanford University
1: mm-hmm.
0: program. And yeah, I mean, talk a little bit about that experience, if you will, how that may have kind of helped you to write the first book or, or how it's, how it's, uh, kind of affected your work and kind of, yeah, I don't know. Some, you know, sometimes writers from a first to a second book kind of undergo a, you know, a shift in, in their process. So talk a little bit about how that's, how your process is working now and how your third novel is going.
1: Well, um, I, so the novel writing program was a fabulous experience for me. It was through Stanford university. Um, when I decided to really jump into writing, I quickly learned there was so much I didn't know. <laughs> I had so much to learn. And I actually started looking at um, kind of low-residency MFA programs initially. But in that research, I did come across this particular program. It's online novel writing program. It's two years, and it's all about just learning about the craft of writing and, and workshopping your novel. And that's really what I wanted to focus on. So it was a great fit for me. Uh, It's also part-time, so it's perfect for people to have a job and family and other things going on. But it was a wonderful experience. And so I spent two years learning about writing, but also learning about myself as a writer and what my strengths were, what my weaknesses were. And um, for about a year of that program, I was able to workshop. Different parts of that first book, We Are the Brennans, and get all kinds of helpful feedback from instructors and fellow students. So, by the time I finished that program, I did have a, a complete manuscript that had been uh, through several drafts and lots of, you know, revision, and I'd gotten loads of feedback on it. So, it's very, very helpful to me. Um, and it is where I found my writers group that I still work with today that um, I feel they're just critical to my process. And when people ask for a tip, I always say, find your writer's group if you haven't. So yeah, it, it, they were, it was very important in my process. And it wasn't long after completing that program that I had the opportunity to talk with the woman who would eventually become my agent. So it uh, kind of went from there. And as far as writing the second novel kind of compared to the first novel, I was definitely a little more efficient. I think that's pretty normal. Just in talking with other writers, you learn so much with that first book. Um, You gain a little bit of confidence. I I learned to trust my gut a little bit more. And I was definitely faster to realize when I was kind of going down a road that probably wasn't going to work and then backtracking and, um, you know, waiting until I had it figured out before I went at it again. So it, it did take me about probably about half as much time to write the connellys um as it did uh, to write the Brennan's, but connellys was also my covid book so when we were you know on lockdown essentially and you really couldn't go anywhere um we also here in oregon had terrible wildfires for mm-hmm. that uh, part of that year so we couldn't even go outside for stretches so this book is where i really got to um escape and uh, i think it Help keep me sane during that time. So that's probably another reason why I went kind of quickly um, or quicker than the first book. Yeah, and then the third one uh, was even—I'd say a little bit. You know, with each with each book so far, um, you just learn so much more each time, and you become a little more efficient and know ahead of time what questions to ask yourself. I mean, it still goes through several drafts, of course, but um, maybe not quite as many as that first one.
0: Can you talk a little bit about kind of what a really good writing day looks or or feels like for you?
1: Yeah, it's, I can describe it. It's, I can't say it comes down to a word count because, you know, you're at such different, it depends on where you are in the process. So, but generally uh, first thing in the morning, I spend a few hours at it, whether it's first draft material, I'm just getting words down or I'm editing kind of depends. I've learned to sort of let go of you know, a, a specific word count, or you have to accomplish this each day, I, at least for me, I know now that there are some days where if I only get a few hundred words down, it's okay, you know, and then there'll be other days where um, in the same amount of time, I'll, I'll throw down, you know, four times that <laughs> it just sort of depends on, on where you are in the process. Um, but I do generally work in the mornings and then kind of, take a break and, and, um, take care of life, whatever needs to be done. And I, I think exercise is a big part of that working out, shaking all of that loose, you know, the ideas, I, I feel like often I'm, I set some problems up for myself in the morning and then, uh, when I'm working out or taking a walk or whatever exercise I'm doing, often the solution, that's when I land on solutions and I Hmm. come back at Hmm. it in the afternoon, Um, so that's generally, it's morning and then in the afternoon I come back to it. Um, so I'm at it for most days for several hours, uh, for sure.
0: I have heard the, the exercise piece. Of course, um, we talk a lot about so many famous authors having been, um, we call them prolific walkers i guess yeah uh, yeah
1: (laughs) it's true though i mean even even a good walk if i just you know take a break and get a, it's just i don't know getting out of the office and getting out in nature or getting the blood moving it it all i think helps to um shake ideas loose and, and and help problem solve
0: um well it's cool to hear about your creative process and then yeah uh i got a couple fun ones for you before we wrap here yeah but uh i will mention the book one more time and your home base there is Mm tracylang.com um you're on the socials i'll link to those and of course the latest the connellys of county down a book list said of your book lang's strong follow-up to her debut we are the brennans explores how family dynamics are both created and sustained and Um, yeah, congrats on that. That's, that's exciting stuff. Um, so, uh, let's see, I guess I have one fun one for you. Um, if you could have dinner with any author from any Mm. era to your favorite place in the world for drinks or dinner, I guess we could, we could do drinks um, beforehand. (laughs) We could do both.
1: Okay,
0: (laughs) All expenses paid. Who would you take and where are we going?
1: You know, right now, and I'm sure at any point it's different people right now, though, I, I'd i have to say Barbara Kingsolver. I think she's amazing, of course. And um, her latest Demon Copperhead is definitely one I'm going to go down on my list of all time favorites. Um, and um, so I'd love to talk writing with her. But I also have listened to some interviews and podcasts. And she I love to hear her talk about where she comes from um, and the people there and how she feels about how that part of the country, what they've been through um, in, in, you know, Appalachia. And, and I, she just has seems so passionate about it. So I would love to hear her talk more about that. And frankly, as far as where we would go, I would love to just probably go to her uh, where she is and say, okay, take me to, take me to your favorite eatery, you know, here, your local eatery and tell me, tell me what to order. What's the best dish and, and, uh, or, you know, the best drink. And, um, she just talks so passionately about all of that. And, um, I think it would be really cool to go. And I, I, from what I see, she has a huge farm. So it'd be pretty cool to just, um, go to her and let her take me on a tour.
0: <laughs> Bar- Barbara can lead the way yes. as your tour guide and, and spokes spokeswoman for yes, all definitely. things um, culinary etc. Sounds like a plan. I mean that is <laughs> probably the easiest way to go, the easiest route. So uh, yeah I mean I think just t- to kind of wrap up here so you have some time to, to get a coffee or yeah. tea before your next uh, thing <laughs> um, and I know you're going you're, you're, you're going on a tour too, two kind of, kind of more of a virtual tour to start.
1: Yeah, it's um, I actually do have um, a live event tomorrow night, the the book launch day, um, which is exciting for me, because when my first book came out, um, there were no, uh, you know, middle of COVID, really, um, there were no live events. So everything was virtual, which was really cool. I had an opportunity to talk to people from all over the country that way. And I did lots of book clubs and talked to various bookstores, but it will be special to actually sit in my local bookstore with people and have a chance to, um, to talk about the book. So that's tomorrow night. And, um, yeah, it'll it really, it'll be my kind of first live in-person event um, because of where we were two years ago.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's very cool. Yeah. Um, and always nice to get out and meet your readers and
1: yeah. fans yeah. and
0: talk about, I'll probably have questions and comments about all the work. So, That'll be, that'll be cool. I'm sure.
1: Yeah. I'm looking forward to it. I'm, people are great about reaching out online too and, and through socials and email, but it will be wonderful to actually sit down in person and have that opportunity.
0: For sure. For sure. Probably a little less nerve wracking than, than answering emails, which is always kind of a slog.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It, although a little nervous too, like there's good and bad, you know, oh, your okay. email. you yeah. can think first, you can plan your answer out it a It is true. <laughs>
0: <laughs> All right. Well, that's um, it. luck with the launch party, and um, yeah, just your kind of final words of advice on how to persevere, how to how to keep going. Maybe when you've hit well, I know everybody.
1: Yeah, I know everybody says. I think at least I hear it again and again. You just have to keep at it. It's it, it's a slug and there's just severe moments of discouragement. And um, you know, I did spend my own time uh, in the querying trenches trying to. You know, hook an agent and and uh, pitch my book, and had lots of rejection, uh, which kind of it seems just to be a rite of passage uh, if you're going to try to do this. Um, So there is always just you know just keep at it. You have to be doing it for the right reasons. You got to love it. Um, But the other tip, and I, I did kind of mention earlier, but I I just find my writers group so important. I do encourage people. To, um, to go out and find their group for support, for accountability. Uh, it's amazing to have people that I can send work to and say, okay, something's not right here. I, help me figure out what it is. And they can help you make your work the best version of itself. So that's the other one I really like to talk about.
0: I think that's a perfect place to wrap. Best of luck uh, with the latest. And of course, come back and wrap with us again in the future. Can't wait to hear more about your third novel. And um Yeah, um, go hither and and, uh, we wish you the best and hopefully uh, we'll talk again soon.
1: Sounds great. Thank you so much, Kelm.
0: Thanks so much for joining us for this file. And if you're a fan of the show, simply head over to writerfiles.fm for more. That's writerfiles.fm.